How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hit and run. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. How does it sound to say all-star Tim Anderson? Uh, definitely is different. Tim to right, on a line, well struck to the wall and off the wall. One run home, Gavin Sheets coming as well. I put the work in, and, uh, you know, I continue to work and, uh, you know, keep grinding. Feels good to, you know, finally get recognized and, uh, you know, get some recognition and, uh, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, get my first all-star. Swing and a miss, ball game over. Cardinals win it six to nothing. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that, that I would like to say, but I'd rather keep it to myself than, than say it. So that's it. Oh boy. It's time for hit and run with your host Matt Spiegel. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well here on Sunday morning, the final day of the baseball season before the All-Star break. And really, the All-Star break festivities begin in full force this afternoon because it's a different kind of break. It's a very different kind of Sunday. This, uh, this day, we'll see the Futures game, the Celebrity Softball game. I know you guys are all dying for that one, waiting for that one. And also the MLB Draft debuting tonight. Uh, And I say debuting because this particular format, Sunday night of All-Star Weekend, it is on TV on two different networks, on MLB and ESPN. First round tonight from a theater in Denver, televised, and the first full round and then the competitive balance round, A. And there's all sorts of famous players representing their teams down there. A couple of Hall of Famers will be there. Actually, I think five Hall of Famers will be in attendance tonight. And so we will talk about the young kids. It's a lot of stuff about prospects in all the circles and stories that are swirling right now. The prospects for the MLB draft tonight. The prospects who are already in organizations playing in the Futures game later on. And the prospects that might be acquired should the Chicago Cubs sell off some of their players and also some of the prospects the White Sox will perhaps give away as they acquire players here at the deadline did I mention there's a lot going on that's why we've got a big pile of guests to talk about this stuff look we are in the knowledge acquisition business uh, at least I am and then I try to dispense it back and distill what is important in the midst but let's learn some things shall we I want to learn things about the targets 
for potential White Sox acquisitions. So we'll talk to somebody in Pittsburgh and talk to somebody down there in Dallas about uh, some of those players. Um, We'll talk to somebody in Arizona uh, about some of those players. I want to learn about the teams that might be going after some of the Cubs. So we'll talk to uh, someone in New York about the Mets, maybe in acquisition mode. We'll talk to somebody in San Francisco about both the Giants and the Oakland A's in potential acquisition mode. And then later on, our friend Kevin Goldstein, the national writer at Fangraphs and longtime Houston Astros executive, will talk to us about the draft. That's 11 o'clock. Mike Ferrin, the play-by-play voice for the 2021 Futures game, who also does pre-post and an inning or so for the Arizona Diamondbacks and hosts uh, on Sirius XM. Mike Ferrin will join us at 10, and he will also tell us about some of those Diamondbacks targets. So we've got a lot going on. Um, all the while, your phone calls and your texts are not really welcome, but they are elemental to the very completion of the broadcast. 312-644-6767, that's how you reach us. And that is uh, a way also to get to the text zone, which is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. I can see your text steadily. You can also call that line. And join us there to talk about stuff as we broadcast live from the Scores Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. All right, a few different things to get to, some of which you heard referenced there in the open from Mike Rankin, who's in for Sean Anderson today. Uh, By the way, Cardinals and Cubs pregame is at 1245 today. First pitch at 120. That will be right here on 670, the score. It'll be Adam Wainwright against Trevor Williams to round out the first half for the Cubs. Uh, Meanwhile, the White Sox and the Orioles will be getting going just a little bit before that. Spencer Watkins for the Orioles against Dylan Cease. Um, Before we get to the state of the Cubs and a voice that was passionate last night postgame, I need to mention the excellent performance by Lucas Giolito yesterday. This is the guy. As the White Sox are rolling, and they're beating bad teams, and that's what you're supposed to do. Beat up on the Orioles. They're doing. The Sox offense is rolling. Huge day for Brian Goodwin. Four for five with a homer. Also made contact against a drawn on infield. But, uh, you know, Anderson and Moncada with big doubles in the third. Before Lucas Giolito lost control in the sixth inning, he was a little wild, actually a lot wild, and a little tired. But before that, this is the kind of pitcher he needs to be now. And I want to give props and shed light on that. And it's interesting, on the same night that Garrett Cole threw 129 pitches to finish off the Astros for the Yankees. And, you know, some of these guys, as they adjust to life, After sticky things change. Here's Lucas Giolito after his last start. Fourth of July, when talking about how he used to do things and how he can't anymore. Last couple of years, I was able to get by throwing a lot of fastballs down the middle, throwing a lot of changeups down the middle. Obviously, that's changed. That's not not working. So I need to be better about uh, commanding my pitches to where they need to be. Like I said, I I got no issues with my stuff. Uh, I feel like my slider has improved. You know, I feel like my changeup fastball, it's all the same. It's just uh, I'm not throwing it where it needs to be thrown. This is a forced adjustment in the middle of a season for a lot of different guys who've been getting by on just simply using verticality to get guys out, to mess with eye level. Throw the high fastball down the middle, anywhere. It's got carry. Then throw the changeup, same spot. Oh, it drops. That vertical drop, 
that vertical I mess, IF, if you will, on a Sunday morning, um, is, has been enough. It's not anymore because the fastball is not carrying quite as much. It's just not. So it's easier to get to. So now what do you have to do? Giolito has to do what he did yesterday. Beautiful sliders on the outside corner and just off the outside corner, perfectly placed and much better control and placement of the changeup. Throwing it high still, that's all right, but also outside. Watch a strikeout of Cedric Mullins in the third. Got a couple lefties there with the changeup and another one in the fourth. He has to place his stuff on the corners. Command, command, command. Saw those very well-placed sliders to go along with the changeup. No longer just fastball and changeup, a lot more sliders. He's still humping the four-seamer in there at about 97. But use that slider and the changeup off each other and hit your spots. Pitch. Be more artful. Mess with timing, not just location, not just eye level. And he has the depth of stuff to do it and has the mindset and the mental strength to do it. He is well-equipped to still be effective. He's got a lot of pitches. That slider's for real. Now that he's pairing it with the changeup, good stuff from Lucas Giolito yesterday. Nice to see uh, in his final start for the first half. This is just what these guys have to do. Uh, I, I mentioned Garrett Cole just because I mean, last night he went to the mound for the ninth inning at 112 pitches. Ended up throwing 129 to finish it against the Astros. Hit 99 with regularity there at the end. And Garrett Cole's leaning more on called strikes. He got 29 called strikes. Had only 13 swings and misses. Still got his strikeouts at 12. But is throwing a lot more changeups than he ever has. People are adjusting. And, and nothing is, uh, is falling apart. So... That, that part of it is working. But props to Lucas Giolito for doing what he'd done. All right, bouncing back to the north side. This is a grim new reality where everyone's just kind of waiting around for people to be dealt. And that's an awkward place to be. Uh, the other day when uh, Chris Bryant homered, remember looking at that? And thinking, all right, is that the last time we're going to see a Bryant Homer in a Cub uniform? Like, everything has that feel to it now. Because everybody knows the direction. Because Jed Hoyer came out on Friday and Thursday and gave you the direction. As clearly as, as somebody could in early July. You know? It's not often you get that kind of clarity in early July. But here it is. And so... There's a, there's a danger when this starts to hold its sway over a ball club. And the danger is that you get a little complacent or you get, uh, you get a little distracted. And the job gets tougher for David Ross. It's already been a tough job, but now this is a tough job. And we're talking about, like, th there's a Hoyer quote in there from the other day. It's a, look, we still have a lot of games left. Like, oh, man, yeah, got more than a, a half of a season full of games. And it already starts to have that vibe. Danger, danger, danger. Cubs last night fell behind 2-0. Zach Davies pulled for the bullpen. Adam Morgan gave up a two-run homer. Dan Winkler gave up a two-run homer. It's 6-0. And that was that. What were the at-bats like? 
What was the uh, what was the vibe like in the dugout? Wilson Contreras spoke up about it. He was not pleased overall on the effort and more from the team last night. This is Wilson Contreras after the Cubs' six nothing loss to the Cardinals. Wilson, can you talk about Tim tonight? How he kept you guys off balance? What what was going right for him? I mean, he got a good game. Uh, tonight, uh, he got a he got an advantage. He had a bigger plate than us, and he made good pitches. He painted the corners, and he got a benefit of a few calls. So there is there is nothing that that I can do or we can do about it. You know, probably you need to fight a little more at the strike zone. I don't see none of us uh, arguing any any pitch or any 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 pitch close to the zone and we heard we got hurt tonight uh on the two two pitch to one two pitch uh, to Edmund I think that, that the pitch was right down the middle but like I said we didn't argue uh I think we need to do a better job right there did you think the effort was good tonight from everybody no I don't to be honest I think I feel like everybody was off everybody was distracted I don't know why Probably because the All Star break, or the All Star break is really close. Tomorrow is the last game of uh, of the first half, and uh, I don't think that way. But I don't think we were on today. Wilson, you've been on winning teams since you first came up as a rookie. Obviously, a team that won the World Series. How difficult has this recent stretch been for you? It's really hard. It's really hard, especially when you want to win. You want to fight for for anything that. That is in your control, but also I, we had. I have to understand that this is the team effort, and I cannot. I cannot take control with my hands. I had to. I had to lay a lot of things. A lot of things close, and uh, we're having a tough stretch right now. I think we had to, to turn it around. But like I said, it's a team effort. It's not. It's not individual effort. Hey Wilson, if if you didn't think tonight was a very strong effort, that. Guys might have been distracted with the uh, All Star break coming up. Are you concerned about that going forward? If the team, you know, is going to sell at the deadline and what the season might look like with almost half of the season left to play? To be honest, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm just going to keep doing my job. The way I play is not going to change. Uh, that's on everybody's uh, work ethic and, and 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 job. We had to win as a team, but also. I cannot, uh, I cannot um, ask everybody to play like I do, or to play, or to play like like Bias and I play. Everybody's different. I know that they might be tired, but I mean, I'm here to win. I'm, I'm here to win. I'm here to compete, and uh, that's what I like to to have from from everybody else. Wilson, you're, you consider yourself one of the leaders now, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, and why can't you? Can you say something to the other players that you feel aren't uh, are being distracted or no? I think um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that, that I would like to say, but I'd rather keep it to myself than than say it. So that's it. Well, that's a lot there. That's from Wilson Contreras, who is one of the leaders and says so and acts like it. But when he says he's going to keep it to himself, he has now not kept it to himself. And this is part of leadership is learning, you know, what the balance is, uh, saying it publicly and saying it privately. He should say it privately. 
You absolutely should. And um, hopefully that message got to Wilson last night via via from a coach or from a manager or somebody else. It's absolutely okay to say these things. Um, Say it to your teammates directly as well as uh, saying it to the public. Now, word's going to get back to them, and then they make them come to you, and it's just, you know, uh, there there can be a circuitous way uh, of that happening, and the direct communication is the goal. But, uh, look, I have no problem with him saying that stuff. If that's what he's seeing, go ahead and say it. Say it to them, too. Make sure you're available to them to have a conversation. Sounds like David Ross has some work to do today in the Cubs clubhouse. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. That's how you get in. We can talk about this. What do you think about Contreras stepping up and saying this? Um, Surprised it's him. Uh, Any issues with the way it's going down? I don't. Do you agree with what you're seeing and what he says he's seeing last night? Whew, man. As, uh, as the window is, is closing here, a lot of big decisions to be made by Jed Hoyer. And they're not all just about the baseball skills. It is also about the mix. It's the personality mix. And it, it, it's what you think is possible from a certain batch of personalities that you've known very well and very closely for a long time. I wonder how ready... Jed is to change a lot of parts of this club. Some that he has to, some that are an opportunity to change, and some that he can choose to change. It's quite an interesting moment here for the Cubs. Let's go to the phone lines. Kevin is in Palatine and is first up on Hit and Run this morning on 670 The Score. What do you say, Kevin? Hey, thanks for taking my call, Speaks. Um, I have no issue with what Contreras said. And I want to pick your brain on something because and tell me if my memory is wrong. But isn't Anthony Rizzo the one who got uh, who got all uh, all up in arms because he didn't he didn't like the way Castellanos brought that sandpaper every day? I distinctly remember a couple reporters saying Rizzo didn't like the fact that uh, Madden loved Castellanos so much, and I love this with Contreras. And if Rizzo doesn't like it, you know what? Have fun playing for the Marlins next year. But I have another question for you. You. Uh, Wow. You referenced a call, you referenced a call that I made on the Bernstein show the other day for a comment I made about Tom Ricketts, and you said that I was dead wrong and that Ricketts really wants to win. Just as a fan and as a season ticket holder, I got a question for you: How are we supposed to think he wants to win when he did what he did with you, Darvish? I mean, doesn't he uh, have to prove something to us now? Yeah, uh, I, I I hear you, Kevin. I, I hear you, man. Yeah. So yeah, I did reference that call. Kevin, but you were talking about the future and kind of an overall of like whether he would be going for it or just kind of letting them be mediocre. Um, that that trade was the kickstart for everything else that you're going to see here. That trade was the beginning of, of going backwards for whatever amount of time that they are. Didn't have to do it as soon. I hear you. I understand. Time will I, tell. But why, why, why do you think he's going to spend? Uh, I think he's going to spend once that they believe in the overall core, just as Jed said, once he believes in the overall bones of the team. I'm not saying he's going to spend up to like, you know, uh, well, I mean, they, they've had top five years and they've had luxury tax um, moments and, and seasons. But I'm just saying they are going to go backwards. They looked at it and think that they're not good enough. 
And there were a lot of people saying last year that they weren't good enough, even with you, Darvish, after that, that playoff flame out. Might they have done it this year with Darvish and Caratini? Maybe. Maybe so. And if you're angry about that, that willful step backwards, I totally understand. I'm just saying it is connected to what's going on now because they didn't believe they were good enough. And unfortunately, this is being proven now to Jed correctly, and he's got this to deal with. And now they'll go backwards. They will absolutely go backwards for a year. 12 free agents pending, four more with option years. This team's going to look very, very different by the time that spring 2023 comes around. Next year, I think, is going to be a very chaotic season uh, without contention, without really dreams of contention. That's, That's what I feel like next year is going to be. But then we'll see. And as they build again, as they get to where they, uh, they want to be towards the end of Jed Hoyer's first contract here, like in year three and year four of his contract, I, I think you will see Tom Ricketts spend big again. That's just my feeling on it. But I totally understand where you're coming from on, on this year right now and stepping backwards with Darvish. It's very, very clear what that was. And it's, it's unfortunate to a lot of fans. As far as what you're saying about Rizzo and Castellanos, I mean, there were definitely grumblings of stuff like that. I, I, I don't think it's quite as, as harsh as you're bringing it up. But I will say that Castellanos got a lot of love from Madden and a lot of love from the press. And um, there, was, there was that feeling that, that some of the guys didn't love that necessarily. Just because they'd been here, they'd been battling. And then the new guy comes and everybody's all over him. And it's a different style. I liked his style. I wish Castellanos had been re-signed. Obviously, look what he's doing in Cincinnati. And a terrific hitter, different kind of hitter. Appreciate the call, Kevin. Hope that brings a little clarity. I don't argue with what you're saying in terms of this year. I can't. But in terms of what the future is going to be, just remember that, that Hoyer genuinely, he told you, He didn't believe that the team was good enough. Didn't believe that they were championship caliber. So that's why he was willing to go backwards and allow the backwards move with Darvish. And now we'll see what happens in the next couple of years. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. It speaks with you on Hit and Run. We'll check in in Pittsburgh and Texas later. But when we come back, let's celebrate the newest all-star on the south side on the score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel, Sunday mornings on The Score. What so type of popularity contest don't have Tim Anderson there? Yeah. You got him on the cover of the baseball uh, package this year. You got him all over New York as one of the guys in the league. You got the bat flip. Let the kids play. He started it all. He deserves to be in Colorado, hands down. I don't know who could go to sleep and not have Tim Anderson on this team. Sorry. You made a big mistake. It's gigantic. You still can correct it. There will be a spot open by Sunday, I'm sure. Tim Anderson deserves to be on this All-Star. Oh, Frank Thomas calling out. There will be a spot by Sunday, I'm sure. Tim deserves to be there. Xander Bogarts is your starter for the Red Sox. Uh, And then after that, the American League reserves include Bo Bichette, and Carlos Correa, but Carlos Correa can't go. He's not going to go. He's got to hang out and go see the doctor with his pregnant wife. So Tim Anderson is in, and that is awesome. Good for Tim, who deserves it. It's been wonderful to cover his uh, career here 
um, first-round draft pick for the White Sox and has worked his butt off, gotten better, signed a, uh, a contract early on that guaranteed him some financial security and ended up being a great deal for the White Sox, the first of many deals like that that Rick Hahn has pulled off. But Tim Anderson is a good dude and an entertaining dude with a good heart. He and his wife have done a lot of good work with Youth Guidance and the Becoming a Man program. And Tim Anderson is a deserved and all-star, American League all-star. And he's very happy about it, as he was. This is yesterday before the game. Tim Anderson talking about finally being an all-star. Last night, uh, Joe Mack made an announcement uh, to the team. Uh, you know, very cool and a very dope experience. So, man, I'm very excited. Um, you know, I've been working, been working, man. And, uh, you know, finally be able to, you know, get recognized and get the recognition. Uh, you know, definitely is, is a dope feeling. Tim, congratulations. With everything you've dealt with with your career, all the pluses and the minuses and having batting titles, put this in perspective what this means to be an all-star at this point. Uh, it definitely means a lot. Um, you know, man, for me to just continue to, you know, uh, you know, show up to the ballpark every day to get better, uh, to continue to, to work and, uh, you know, not complain about anything about, you know, uh, any type of situation, man. You just always just, you know, kept my head down and kept pushing. Um, so it definitely means a lot, you know, to to finally be able to, you know, uh, get an all-star under my belt. And, uh, you know, it don't stop here. I got to continue to keep going and keep pushing and, uh, you know, keep keep being the same me. Tim, there's so many uh, good shortstops in the game and in the American League. Did you? How did you react when you didn't make it initially? What was your? I'm just curious how you felt about that. Frank Thomas spoke out, said you should have. Yeah. Um, what were your feelings? Yeah, um, you know, it was definitely, you know, definitely mixed, you know. But you know, I never got, I never got frustrated, uh, or, or never got upset about the situation. Um, you know, I did talk to Frank Thomas about the situation. You know, I appreciated him, you know, speaking out for me. But you know, man, I always, you know, I always just, you know, kept working, man. You know, I always let my game do the talking. Uh, you know, not really, you know, try to talk about things that, you know, is out of, is out of my control, you know. So um, all I could do is just control the way that I play and, uh, you know, the way I go about my business. And, um, you know, just finally be able to, you know, be able to get in, uh, you know, definitely means a lot. And uh, I'm excited. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go there with the same energy that I have here. When Ray said all-star shortstop Tim Anderson, that, that hit different. <laughs> that hit different. That definitely hits different. You know, man, I'm happy, man. I'm happy. You know, uh, man, I've been working, you know, my whole career, uh, you know, my whole life to get, you know, get to this point. And, uh, you know, now, man, I just got to, you know, continue to, you know, keep working and, uh, you know, finally get all-star under my belt, man. It's, uh, that's pretty cool. You know, that's pretty cool. Tim Anderson on being an all-star. Tony La Russa, before the game yesterday, was talking about it. And you heard T.A. kind of mention Joey Mack at the beginning. Here's Tony LaRusso on how Tim Anderson was told about being an all-star. Everybody was was gathered in the clubhouse to make the announcement. Uh, and I didn't feel like I was the one that should do it because the one coach that earned that uh, honor was Joe McEwing, who from day one has worked with Tim and his Tim's just a great, great athlete and has polished him into a great defensive shortstop and base runner and everything else. So Joe made the uh, the announcement and the explosion of emotion in that clubhouse. I don't know if we taped it. Somebody should have taped it, but it was just overjoy throughout every person on the roster for Tim because of what he's done to earn it and what, what everybody feels for him. It was one of the best experiences I can I can remember. I put it right there. That well, I've had a lot of really great ones. It's right there, tied for, tied with that with all those other ones. Tony La Russa talking about 
telling Tim Anderson he was an all-star or watching Joe McEwing do it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And I got to say, for a relationship that a lot of us wondered how it was going to work, whether it was going to work, that before the season had Tim Anderson playing defense a little bit, saying, look, at the end of the day, he, he just makes up the lineup card. That's what he does. And along the way had Tim defending your mean Mercedes and Tim speaking for the clubhouse in the face of the manager, all of those kind of things that we've been following and looking along. Here we are at the all-star break and TA and Tony are getting along very, very well. And Tony has gotten a chance to see what kind of player Tim Anderson is, what kind of guy Tim Anderson is. And it's uh, that relationship's in a very, very good place. And it seems like kind of 2021 All-Star Shortstop. That's Joe McEwing telling Tim Anderson. That's really cool. Good grab, Mike Rankin. Play it again. I think I talked over it just a little bit. Our 2021 All-Star Shortstop. That's pretty cool. In the locker room, post-game, hanging out. It was, it was an awesome scene. It's on the White Sox Twitter account. You can see the emotion. You heard LaRusa talk about it. It's, it's a feel-good story, man. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And that's what the All-Star Game is about, man. I'm looking forward to this week. I'm looking forward to this week. Home Run Derby is going to be bananas as they play in altitude with baseballs that haven't been in the humidor that are bouncy anyway. It's going to be 90 degrees um, Pete Alonzo and Joey Gallo and, of course, Sho- Shohei Otani, they are going to break the record for the longest home run hit in the StatCast era, which isn't a home run derby and is 513 feet. I want Mickey Mantle's 565. That's what I want. Go get it. And if it wasn't 565, as they later measured, maybe it was 538, 538 feet. So give me 540. Give me 540. We'll call it even. Out of the home run derby. Going to be absolutely crazy. Let's go back to the phone lines and they talk to Jordan in Vernon Hills on 670 The Score. I think Jordan wants to talk about Eloy Jimenez, who debuted in the minors at his rehab stint, went two for four with a home run and a single, and very few buttons clasped on his jersey as he rounded the bases. What's up, Jordan? So Eloy's supposed to play left field tonight, and I can't figure out why they're putting him out in left field. There's no need to, you know, you, you don't have an established spot at DH. You don't need to have him in left field to play the out, you know, to get him his bat in the lineup. He's an awful outfielder. He has no drop step. He just kind of drifts back. He doesn't run to his spot. He has poor angles on the ball. He kind of reminds me of uh, Lonnie Smith, if you remember. He had the nickname Skates. <laughs> And that's kind of the way he plays left field. He also tackled the Philly Fanatic for one time. But anyway, um, yeah, I just uh, Eloy, Eloy tackled e- e- Eloy tackled the left field wall in uh, in spring training, and that didn't go well. Um, but well, here's the thing: so when Eloy's back, and he'll be here soon, um, and he will DH when he's not DHing. When Yasmani Grandal comes back and needs to be in the lineup, and he can't crouch yet because of the knee. Uh, so Grandal DHs and Eloy just sits. I think you might want to see Eloy for a couple at bats and a few innings out there in left field. It's that kind of thing. Uh, if Jose Abreu has a, a bulky hammy, but you want his bat in there, of course, 
and you're going to play Grandal at first, or you're going to play somebody else at first. You, you, you might want Eloy for a couple of bats and four or five innings or six innings out there in left field. Just every once in a while. I get it. Your mean Mercedes will not be here if Eloy is here because you can't have two guys <clears throat> who are bat only. But Eloy is, uh, I don't think they want him to just be purely bat only in terms of availability. And there is also the psychological subset of, or the subtext uh, of him being happy that he's not just a DH. So you're giving him that a little bit, even though it's really just for emergencies. So I wouldn't freak out about it. It's not going to be all the time, just every once in a while. What are the White Sox going to do, if anything, in terms of trade acquisitions? With Eloy heating up already in the minors and coming back soon with Gavin Sheets and Jake Berger looking like they have, do they need to do anything? Let's acquire knowledge on possible targets in Pittsburgh and Texas. We'll do that next on Hit and Run right here on 6-7. We all knew down here that upstairs, Kenny, Rick, Jeremy, you know, the entire staff that works at how to improve the club, that they were hard on trying to see if there's a way to improve this club. I keep using the word reasonably. Uh, the fact that Yaz is hurt and now you're wondering about the catching, like we're wondering about, you know, losing Madrigal or, you know, whatever it is doesn't change their efforts, just changes kind of the specifics, and it doesn't change our involvement. I mean, we know they're trying to help us, and uh, in the meantime, the club's got a wonderful attitude. You play with what we got. Tom LaRusso talking about the White Sox, who are very, very good. Well out in front of the Indians and everybody else in the Central at seven and a half games. Uh, Jake Berger would be in the Futures game today, but he's instead on the big league squad, as is Gavin Sheets. Eloy Jimenez, two for four with a home run in his debut for the rehab assignment yesterday. So will they go out and trade for somebody? Maybe not, but still they might. And let's talk about who their targets could be. We'll start in Pittsburgh where we go to the hotline right now. It is the uh, Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And that's where we pick up with Mike Persak, the Pirates beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Mike, good morning. Thanks for the time. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, man. So uh, do should White Sox fans want Adam Frazier uh, in terms of overall the quality of player and the dependability as a person, all of that? Give us the scouting report on Adam Frazier, who seems the most desirable. Yeah, so I, I think that uh, you can look at Adam Frazier's year and be a little bit skeptical of, like, man, he's hitting a lot better than he ever has, which is fair enough. Like, I, I totally get that. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, he had a down year last year, but so did every Pittsburgh Pirate. But but every other major league season he's had has been, uh, you know, very consistently, you know, good. He, he's hit 276, 277, and 278 through 2017, 2018, 2019. Like, that's as consistent as it comes. So, you know, even if his current, you know, pace of play through the first half of hitting 327, um, you know, being, you know, towards the top of the league or at the top of the National League and hits, like even if that's a little bit of an outlier and he's going to come down to earth at some point, like that's okay because he's not just going to plummet. Like this is a guy who, who's had, uh, you know, several solid major league seasons in a row now, um, you know, notwithstanding last year. Uh, and, and so you kind of know what you're getting here. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, uh, how, how's his functionality in the outfield? We see that he's been used out there, but can he actually play out there? Yeah, he, so he came up as an outfielder, actually, um, and, and then was eventually moved to second base um, you know, later on. But his, his first few games, or his first few seasons, he played more outfield than he did second base. And was only eventually moved there when, uh, you know, the Josh Harrison slash Jordy Mercer infield <laughs> that I'm sure everyone remembers <laughs> was, <laughs> was, uh, was eventually moved to, I think, Detroit at the time. Um, and then he slid into the infield. But he's been good there. I mean, he, he, he was, uh, you know, his numbers have taken a little bit of a downturn this year. But um, the last couple of years, he was, uh, you know, Gold Glove finalist. Um, didn't win either of them, but. Um, you know, that's saying at least that, that he has the ability to play there. And I, I personally, you know, anecdotally think he's played um, a better second base recently than he was earlier in the season. There are a few, a couple mistakes early in the season that were, I would say, uncharacteristic. But, um, you know, he's come on and been, been perfectly fine. He, he, he makes a few great plays where you're like, wow, this is, you know, this guy could really, really play over there. So, um, hmm. but, you know, more, more than that, he's just a dependable second baseman, I think. All right, Mike, uh, a couple more Pirates to ask you about as we continue to call you and ask about pieces of your team that we could steal as opposed to your team's uh, playoff aspirations. It's fun times. Um, Jacob Stallings. Tell me about Jacob Stallings who homered again last night. He's got more homers. He's got like seven homers on the year, does Jacob Stallings. But I think of him as a defensive catcher. What would they be getting if they can uh, manage to do that while Yasmani Grandal is on the shelf? Yeah, absolutely. So so he's a guy, uh, again, I I would call him dependable. Um, you know, in a different way, uh, he's obviously not a huge bat um, in terms of like you know super consistent production. But uh, he's he actually has a weird uh, penchant for for clutch hits this year. He's had a couple of walk offs, and um, so you know there's that. But uh, yeah, I mean his his calling card is certainly defense. Uh, he also was a Gold Glove finalist last year. Um, you know, when you talk to pitchers, when you talk to the pitching coach, when you talk to the manager, like they all compliment his ability to call a game. Um, his ability to frame pitches is, is something that I know he's worked extremely hard on. So, um, so yeah, you know, his, his bat has actually picked up where it's like, oh, you know, this is actually a, a really quality player um, the last couple of years. Uh, but even still, like his defense and his ability to kind of handle a pitching staff, I think is really what, um, you know what what you're what you're going to get Jacob Stallings for, and then Richard Rodriguez at age 31. I mean, other than Kimbrel, this is the right-handed closer that gets discussed. Is there reason to believe that his level of excellence is is sustainable uh, if were he to shift to a team in a pennant race? Well, I mean, even if it, uh, you know, again, sort of the same way that I feel about um, Adam Frazier in terms of his. You know, production. It, I feel sort of similar with Richard Rodriguez. He obviously started the year and was he was phenomenal to start the year. It, it was like he had like 13 straight scoreless outings, or I might even be underselling him. Like he he was outstanding to start the year. Um, and you know, he's give, he's given up a couple runs here and there recently. Um, but you know, for instance, yesterday he came in against the Mets and locked down uh, the well. I guess it was the seventh inning because it was a doubleheader. But um, you know, he he still has the ability certainly to give you a clean late inning. Uh, the the thing that you will, if you watch Richard Rodriguez, the thing that will kind of like uh, stick out to you, I think, is just how uh, cool he is on the mound. I guess like he he when he comes in from the bullpen, it takes forever. He's just a very light jog, takes a sweet time, 
Uh, he's not, you know, a guy who has crazy mechanics or is all out there. Like, he's, he's very straightforward. He doesn't show a ton of emotion. Um, and, and, you know, the Pirates always say that he's got ice in his veins and that he's a real cool customer and all that. So, um, you know, I guess if you're looking for the emotional side of being a closer, he's certainly shown that where he's not going to get flustered out there on the mound most of the time. Obviously, he's, you know, he's, he's gotten hit for a couple of runs here and there. It's not like he's completely perfect, but, um, you know, his, his track record is still solid, even if, even if, again, like Adam Frazier, you don't believe, um, you know, the, how good he's been this year. He's been good, you know, at least solid for his entire career. So, um, again, sort of a, a guy where, you, where I think you kind of know what you're getting. Mike, thanks, man. All right, we'll take all three. Appreciate it. Uh, that's that's Mike, <laughs> Mike Persak, the Pirates beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's shift to Texas. I want to find out how Joey Gallo's really been playing in right field. Let's talk to Kevin Hagelin, co-host of the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Kevin, good morning. Thanks for the time. Hope all is well. Is Joey Gallo really playing gold glove caliber defense in right field like I read in blurbs? You watch 100 percent, 100 percent. By the way, are y'all going to have enough assets to trade for Joey Gallo after you're picking up all of these other players? <laughs> well, you know, I, I didn't want you to be listening to that. Screw those Pittsburgh guys. I want all the Texas sure. guys. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I appreciate yeah. that you will say the same thing about me when I'm gone. That's OK. 100 percent. 100 percent. I will. I will tell you one thing. If nothing else. In Joey Gallo, you will get a consistently excellent right fielder who can also shift over to center field if need be with one of the biggest arms in all of baseball. So if defense is your concern, fear not. You should have no concern. He is a legitimate gold glove corner outfielder. Okay. Um, And then in terms of the bat and the walks, the walks are up and obviously the power is outrageous. Is there a little more plate discipline in the game? Are we still looking at, you know, the best version of Adam Dunn? possible (laughs) that is that is an interesting comparison with the strikeouts i definitely get it i think that when you look at his ops and his wins above replacement i think he surges ahead of adam dunn and plus the other thing that you have to keep an eye an eye out on and we've really been tracking this like the last three weeks is joey gallo is inherently a streaky hitter so what we've been trying to kind of get to the bottom of is is this just one of those hot streaks where he takes over baseball or is this absolutely lined up with the decline of the sticky stuff used by pitchers because I was reading a study that said Joey Gallo might be benefiting more than any other player in the game at the decline of the revolutions per minute that pitchers are throwing out there and if that's the case Hmm. then he might be able to roll like this for a while yeah and 72 walks leads the American League right now so I mean he's approaching a career high in that from the 75 that he had in 2017. I want to, want to touch on a couple more for you. Um, Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson is a guy that I was targeting and thinking about for the Cubs when they were in buy mode, but that is different. But right. it, it, is, is Kyle Gibson going to go anywhere? And his success seems to have been a lot of two-seamers, like not a guy who's affected by the sticky stuff for the most part. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I know he had a, a rough last start, but before that he had a sub-two ERA. If nothing else... Kyle Gibson will be traded like down here. We would be shocked if Kyle, because the Rangers sure you can argue they're perpetually in rebuilding mode, but right now they're really in rebuilding mode. And the thing about Kyle Gibson is he's 32, 33. He's not going to be here when the team is good. So they're definitely going to trade him. But Joey Gallo is 27. I think that's more of a like 55% trade possibility. Kyle
Kyle Gibson, I would be stunned if he didn't get traded. And I know you said the Cubs are probably not in the mix there with the losing streak and them trading off folks now. But I believe Kyle Gibson will get traded, and you'll get to see him on Tuesday in the All-Star game. White Sox looking for another righty they could trust out of the bullpen. They're not sure who the guy is after Hendricks right now. Um, They've got some options, but um, is Ian Kennedy somebody who should be considered on a minor league deal this year, but there he is with 15 saves and ERA at 267. What does the stuff look like these days for Ian Kennedy? Now, I know this is going to get confusing because you're like, but the Rangers stink. How are you talking so well about all these players? Now, you have clearly isolated the best players that we have and throw in Adolis Garcia. The rest of the way has been kind of, well, it's been kind of rough. But Ian Kennedy, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, I think he would be on the all-star team because while he doesn't get a ton of opportunities to close close games here, he has been lights out. And he is somebody that y'all could buy extremely low. Like I think Kyle Gibson, because he's got another year of control at like $9 million, I think the price will be a little higher on him. Joey Gallo, the Rangers could keep, and he's under contract for another year. The price will be a little higher on him. Ian Kennedy, the Rangers want nothing to do with keeping him. They built him up. They want to trade him for assets to build for the future. I think he's a reliable guy now that he's healthy again and he should be significantly cheaper than the other two yeah and kennedy a guy who has been a starter he's been a setup guy he's been a closer probably would just like to be part of a winner and as a veteran somebody to keep an eye on for sure i think well just because we have the second worst record in the american league you don't think we're a winner uh, yeah. Apologies, man. Is it ever going to turn around? We like John Daniels in this town, not just for giving the Cubs Kyle Hendricks, but also because John Daniels' brother is a rabbi on the North Shore of Chicago. I don't know if you knew that, Kevin, but it's like, I, so are there, what, is the, what is the game plan? What is the time horizon for the next great Rangers team? Okay, this is where my optimism crashes and burns, and you guys need to transplant some folks, I don't know whether it's from Naperville or Schaumburg or whatever down here to get some more John Daniels love because the people have turned on John Daniels here, and I think we're still three to four years away. Put it this way, people are ready to riot if we don't take Jack Leiter with a number two pick tonight. That's how tough things have gotten down here because we're placing all our hopes and dreams on the college pitcher in the draft. You guys are the ones focusing on the draft with NFL caliber intensity, the way that MLB wants it to be. That's you guys yeah. doing that. Yeah, tonight. absolutely. So, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Fun stuff. Thank you. Absolutely. You got it. That's Kevin Hagelin from the KNC Masterpiece. Seriously, MLB is trying again. I remember when they tried for the first time, hey, let's put the draft on TV. And they just had little desks in the studios there at MLB Network and Hey, we're trying to do it. But tonight is the real deal. They're in a theater. They're in a theater there in Colorado. Um, Ryan Sandberg will represent the Cubs. Raleigh Fingers will represent the A's. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of guys out there. I saw that Jesse Barfield will be there representing the Blue Jays. Garrett Anderson, the Angels. Tom Browning will represent the Reds. Watch the arm, Tom. Will Clark representing the Giants. Alex Gordon and the Royals, all these guys are going to be there. Derek Lee will represent the Marlins. Oh, wow. That hurts. Fred McGriff representing the Braves. That one doesn't hurt as much. Lance Parrish will represent the Tigers. Nick Swisher, the White Sox fans. Here, these are for you. Nick Swisher will represent the Yankees tonight at the MLB draft. And guess who's representing the Rays? Guess who's representing Tampa? Jeff Kepinger. Come on, Mike. 
Not, not Jeff Kepinger. Come on, what is the White Sox connection with one of the most famous Rays of all time? With a circuitous stop in San Diego and Kansas City in between. Hit me with it. James Shields will represent the Rays tonight. So you can look at him. Think about Fernando Tatis Jr. for a minute. But screw you, Spiegel. White Sox fans are happy. They're way out in front in first place in the American League Central. Um, All right, we've done some scouting for you. We'll be scouting for the Cubs later on. We will let you hear Wilson Contreras later on if you missed it at the top of the show. Uh, Seriously uh, interesting and compelling stuff about the state of the team and and, and the state of leadership on that team, which is going to get a lot of attention coming up here in the following week. But when we come back, let's find out about some of those prospects in Arizona and let's talk about the futures game where some of the greatest young players you've never heard of but will are playing today with Mike Farron, who does D-backs games and is doing the futures game as well. We'll do that next right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.